Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another. I sound like a town crier. Welcome to another episode of Homo Sapiens. Also, just did a little thing with my mic there, where I held it away from my mouth, which is very Whitney, Whitney Houston, not Whitney, my local town, where I go to a wonderful hardware store called Relics of Whitney. Can you tell I've had a cup of coffee, listeners? How are you this week? How are you today? What's in the waters? Are you feeling good? I'm feeling great. I'm sitting next to an electric radiator, but I'm not going to hold that against it. The weather's turned, hasn't it? Let's not be in denial about it. I'm looking at leaves blowing off the trees. I'm looking at leaves scattered on the floor. Winter slash autumn is upon us. I'm quite up for it, actually. I made a lovely vegan chilli con carne last night uh, with corn mints. Other mints are available. And I had, if you remember, for the, for the regular listeners, we do an ad for Via Life, which is a sort of cheese replacement. I think they don't like you using the word cheese, but I had that grated on top of it and it was absolutely delicious. And a sort of winter warmer to mark the beginning of autumn. Speaking of warmth and a warm heart and a warm everything, this week we have got such a brilliant episode for you. As you know, we're in the new look Homo sapiens we're a new season, many exciting things coming up. And one of the things that you listeners have often spoken about, asked us to talk about, and we have spoken about on this very podcast, is being LGBTQ plus in later life. Well, it's something that is massively underrepresented. The needs of LGBTQ plus elders is massively underrepresented. So we knew we wanted to talk about it. Then enter stage left during the pandemic. The most heartwarming, wonderful group of people I have ever encountered called At The Old Gaze. They are a TikTok sensation, The Old Gaze, a group of four older gay gentlemen who live in Palm Springs. And really what it's about is this beautiful friendship of four older gay men, how they love each other. And they're so funny. They're so playful. They're just, they just bring joy. So I knew as soon as I saw them, I was like, we've got to have them on the show. So they have been kind enough for all four of them. Honestly, I say it's like talking to the Spice Girls. All four of them have come on the show to talk to us to talk about their story, their incredible story of being older gay men who, what it was like for them when they were young, incredible stories about their youth and how, you know, quite frankly, the lack of acceptance, but also within that, the beautiful amount of love that they have experienced over the years and that amazing gay community that they grew up in. Plus also, the truth of the matter being that just because they're old, it doesn't make them any different. And I think that's the thing that people get from them immediately is they're just a group of friends having a good old laugh. So if you haven't seen any of their stuff, look them up. They're at the old gays on Instagram. They're also on TikTok. And reading between the lines, I think there's something big coming for them in terms of their own show in America, I think. And it's such a brilliant chat. 
Also, I'm going to be speaking to Anna Keir, who has set up the first LGBTQ plus retirement community in London's Vauxhall. It's the first of its kind. It's such an exciting project. I'm going to be giving her a call and we're going to be finding out all about it, listeners. What are the specifics for LGBTQ plus elders? There's so many things that are not catered for, really. And if we're lucky enough to grow old, people, we need to be catered for. I need a radio with Donna Summer on it whenever I need it. But first, let's read some emails. We had lovely, lovely emails and messages about our first chat with Ottolenghi. Emma got in touch. Chris, I just listened to the Yotam episode of the podcast and loved it. I'm loving the feeling of the new season and the chat with Yotam was a great way to start it. He has such a calm, soothing way about him. Doesn't he just... He sort of exudes. He's like a a gong bath of a man. Um... Also, so pleased that the surrogacy is going well for you and your husband. Thank you, Emma. That's very sweet. I hope Ridley, Ridley being my dog listeners, has been consulted on this matter. He's terribly opinionated. As dogs can get jealous of a new baby in the family. Yes, they absolutely can. And um, I've said to Ridley, you know, that's what daddy and daddy are doing and it won't stop us loving you anymore. Sending lots of love and luck. Emma, thank you. That's really kind of you. We also had a really nice email from... Hi, I'm a long-time listener and a first-time emailer, but felt compelled to write in after the most recent episode with Ottolenghi. This is more of a personal message for Chris. Thanks, Pete. We like these. We are a same-sex couple who had a baby through a US surrogacy process in November last year. Congratulations, Pete. Not something we would recommend during a pandemic, but our baby daughter is beautiful and we wouldn't have done it any other way. I heard on the episode that Chris and the the husband, his husband, I called him the husband, the old ball and chain, um, have now started a surrogacy progress. Congratulations. Thank you, Pete. Nervous of Gloucestershire over here. Uh, oh, and then he goes on just talking about where he lives, which I'm not going to read out because you, you're not much sharp in his house. Um, personally, I think it is important for children of same-sex couples to see other families that look like theirs, particularly if living in a rural part of the country where surrogacy is less common. We actually know another couple who live locally who are expecting through a US surrogate, which is very exciting. Feel free to get in touch if I can share any of our experience that could be useful. Pete, that's so kind of you and thank you. I do think about whether it will be different to raise a child in the countryside from a city. I don't know what that means, really. I don't know if that's going to be different at all. Um, I'd love to know what you lot think. So please write in. Tell me your thoughts. Hello. Um, I've got another email. I should probably announce that. Hello, it's Dan here. I'm 28 and I currently live in West Yorkshire, having grown up in the East Midlands and lived in London during university years. I'm gay and so sad to think that only now at 28 years of age I can say I am happy with who I am, I don't want to be anyone else and yes, I'm gay. You go, Dan. 28, you're a spring chicken, Dan. My whole life that I can remember, I've wanted not to be here, to be someone else. And it's a revelation to me now to be coming out of a lifetime of depression that so much of that has been because of my sexuality. I've always thought I wasn't right, that being gay wasn't normal, but never thought about where that comes from. I've just listened to episode 134 in which, in response to the Agony Uncle message, you spoke incredible words around, oh, thank you, Dan, incredible words words around the insidious nature of Section 28 and the teaching by omission that gay relationships aren't okay. Well, something clicked in my head and suddenly I thought, yes, it's not me. It's definitely not me. I'm okay. I'm normal. My existence is valid. And no wonder I felt it wasn't if that wasn't the environment I grew up in. 
You've made such a difference to me, and I feel that each week another weight is lifted from my shoulders. Here's a burden dropped by revelations from role models like yourself. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Warm regards, Daniel. Daniel, that's really sweet of you to say, and thank you. I cannot stress enough how unsaid it is that, you know, we were sort of insidiously told we were wrong, and it's not true. We're great. We and you are great, and I'm so pleased to know that we have been able to help in some way at all and I think if you read Matthew Todd's book Straight Jacket if there's so much in that book that is about this and about how we are conditioned socially um, from a young age about what LGBTQ plus existence is um, how it's other when it shouldn't be it's it's human existence um, and anyone who says different can come and see me all right um, so that's a lovely warming email to hear that things are improving for you Daniel Thank you so much to end our little email section. We love hearing from you listeners and every episode is about you. So you've got to get in touch. Hello at homosapienspodcast.com, at homosapiens on Instagram, at homosapienspodcast on Facebook. Get in touch. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you think of the episodes. Tell us what you want us to talk about. Anything you need. Recipes, clothing suggestions. I don't mind. Get in touch. It's time to phone a friend. Let's call Anna Keir who has set up the first LGBTQ plus retirement community in Vauxhall in London. Such a brilliant idea. So I'm going to give her a call. Hi, Anna. How are you? I'm good. Thank you, Chris. I'm so excited about this. I know your organisation has been around for a long time and I know the housing project has been around for a while as well. But this is honestly something we have been talking about on the podcast ever since day one. And I'm so thrilled that you're doing it. Tonic Housing was an organisation and then you set up a sort of bricks and mortar place, is that right? Yes, so the starting point really was a group of people coming together to say they wanted to take some action on this Mm -hmm. and that um, they were very much, it was very much through their own lived experience. So we use the term that we're community led because we truly Mm -hmm. are. It comes from the grassroots of the community saying that, you know, it's not okay that there is nowhere um, in the UK that is a provision of housing with care and support for older LGBT people. Mm. And they wanted to change that. Um, And so they set up um, Tonic. I heard a lovely story about um, it was set up listening to 70s dance music, um, trying to actually work out a... um, a name because it comes from a place of quite, um, a, you know, a bad negative place that, you know, it, it's that there is no provision and the experience of people, um, having to go back into the closet when they need that kind of care and support was not good. And so we, they came up with the name tonic really as to say with a tonic to that, um, we yeah. are changing a negative into a positive. Um, and actually um, to do something that celebrates our communities rather than actually um, making people Mm. feel that they have to fit into a very heteronormative society. 
Tell me exactly what it is. I suppose the elevator pitch is really that, um, you know, we've set up the UK's first LGBT affirming retirement community. The important part about that is what is LGBT affirming? It's not just friendly. It's not just a heteronormative place that, you know, you can be in. It's very much affirming. It's about the, the lives and the culture of the people uh, that live there um, and it's about celebrating that I mean our strap line is this is how we live our lives out oh nice and obviously it's a, a play on words it's about our later years but it is able to be yourself in your later years and celebrate that that's all about it has been quite a journey from the kind of concept to actually having a place um, I mean, that has been set up in 2014, so what are we now, 2021? Um, mm-hmm. You know, that is a, a long period of time. And the reason is, is it's much more complicated when you're dealing with um, bricks and water and the capital costs involved in doing a housing project. It's not like just setting up a, a service. Um, uh, but Tonic decided to take this lengthy route because it's really key to us that we set up a community asset. Mm-hmm. We couldn't just set up something that was in, um, you know, a, a situation that was fragile, that, um, you mm. know, you, you didn't have kind of control for the future. So it's really important for us that we now have 125 year leases of these apartments um, wow. and that we're there for the long term. And that was really key to kind of the the partnership really um approach that we've taken so it's in Vauxhall right and they're one and two bed apartments definitely in Vauxhall it's in the heart of London you can actually look at across the river at the Houses of Parliament that's how central they are conveniently near the Royal Vauxhall Tavern is all I'm going to say it is very convenient it's all within a level walking distance and actually the apartments are all fully wheelchair accessible the whole building is fully wheelchair accessible and this is really Great. part of um, what we wanted to achieve it couldn't just be any building in any location it's got to be relative to our community and accessible and you know that term that I use to live your lives out as in you can Mm. live there uh, as long as you need to and to meet Mm -hmm. your needs but a really important part of it is it's not just apartments there is really a lot of community space in the building Mm -hmm. very much about those social spaces where people can actually connect you know sit down have a cup of tea share stories but also do affirming activities whether that is art whether it's a a movie club whether it's you know just um, a book club um, or whether it's drag shows you know Mm any of those things but it's the thing that brings people together and you're no longer just in your apartment on your own what are the sort of the specific needs of lgbtq plus people later in life the headlines i guess of the the key pieces of research that's out there is that um, older lgbt people as well as kind of dealing with the issues of aging that we all face um have generally worse health outcomes and more mm-hmm. likely to live alone, be single, and, and very much less likely to have children and family support. And mm-hmm. that's really key because the whole um, way that we access our housing and care services as we age is all about having advocates that are usually family. So mm-hmm. if you haven't got that, um, it's, you know, it's a real, a real issue. But the other one is, if you think about people also not necessarily feeling like they have a connection with their local community, that's come up as an issue, that LGBT 
people have generally formed community they gather in places it's not necessarily where they live they travel mm-hmm. to pubs clubs locations and things like that um, to be with other people um, and so um, that this has been a kind of key to that as to do you actually feel safe where you live because if suddenly you're not able to travel to be part of community or pubs and clubs are no longer uh, an easy place to meet up mm. um, where do mm. you go and that that again links with the the idea of having the social spaces that are so important that they're they're safe places where people People can be, they can be in the daytime, they don't have to involve alcohol, um, etc. And often people speak of people going back in the closet when they go into uh, later life care, I suppose. Is that right? Yeah. Um, and so that's one of the other key points, really. Generally, people don't feel that their specific needs are considered um, in mm-hmm. care. It's a very much a, a one size fits all approach yeah. that you're all the same just because of your age. And clearly that's rubbish. You know, we're not all the same because of our age. Um, and when we looked, we actually did some of our own research um, working with Opening Doors London and Stonewall Housing. And it was very much about collecting the voices of older LGBT Londoners. You know, it, we're, mm. we, we're just a vehicle, really, for, for, uh, for listening and asking those questions so that people's voices can be heard. And what mm. was really amazing, I mean, we had over 600 responses. And given that we did a lot of that in lockdown, um, it was pretty amazing. Um, and 79% of people said that they wanted either LGBT affirming or LGBT accredited retirement provision um, in later wow. life. And I think the more shocking statistic is that only 1% said they would consider a general scheme. What, as in like for everyone? Yeah. And right. that's that's really an indictment, I think, of how people feel that these places are not safe for them. They can't be themselves um and there's some you know some really kind of um heart-rendering personal stories behind that of people's experiences when they've they've had to through a crisis go into uh, a, a general sheltered housing scheme for example and we tonic's very much about providing an alternative to that a more positive alternative if people want to live there, how do they do it? This is a starting point for Tonic. Our first properties are available for shared ownership sale. There is actually rented housing in Bank House mm-hmm. provided by One Housing, and we're very much working with them that the LGBT affirming offer is for all residents. We're not setting up a kind of them and us culture. They can find out the details um, on our on our website about Bank House. We've got all the prices and everything like that. It's all awfully transparent, um, but equally they can just phone us and have a chat and get to know us as well. Great. And so what's your website? It is tonichousing.org. Get involved, people. Thank you so much. I'm so thrilled that you're doing this. I can only imagine the level of hard work it is, and it sounds like it's just the beginning, and it's really exciting. So congratulations. Thank you, Chris. Very interesting, that was. Well done, Anna. Well done, everybody who's worked so hard to set that up. And anyone who wants to reserve a place, join the queue. And hopefully it will continue to expand and it will set a good example. And what I'm hoping will come out of all that brilliant work is that the the concept of LGBTQ plus retirement community will become more and more affordable because that's the thing that we need. This needs to be for everybody. Now then, let's get on with the meat and potatoes. 
all the corn mints and potatoes if we're thinking about my chilli I made last night. Let's have a chat with the old gays. They are a brilliant group of four friends. You're going to laugh. They are so naughty, by the way, as you will see. In the, I'm, you know, I'm trying to be respectable, nearly put a suit and tie on to talk to these older gentlemen. Starting off the interview, they were straight out of the bat. So cheeky. I'll let you have a listen to see what I mean. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. My name is Bill Lyons. My name is Jesse. My name is Robert. And my name is Mick. I am a super fan of you guys. Did you start as an Instagram account or a TikTok account? We started on Grinder. Where all good things begin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and hopefully Ian. <laughs> you know, it's where little things grow. <laughs> Well, you know, do you know what? So when we first started this podcast, as a fun thing to do, we set up our own little grinder profile. People would message us or we just get loads of dick pics. <laughs> yeah, I hate those. <laughs> oh, I want to see your face. I'm particularly into size. So, you know, I, I'm, I've had my share of British dicks and I'm a, I'm a follower. <laughs> How does it compare to... American dick. I can't believe we're here already. I, I I think they're bigger on average. Yeah, they they usually do seem to be bigger. I don't know what you guys have been doing. Dicks are dicks. <laughs> they're not. They're not a, a British or a, a black or an Asian dick. They're well, dicks you know, British individual. British dicks are. You know, in my tours of the United Kingdom. I've, <laughs> I've encountered a few. Listen, I feel like I've got the Spice Girls assembled with me. I wasn't sure if I was going to get all four of you, so it's a massive honour. But how how has this been? Because you've become nothing short of an international sensation. And I wondered, were you all friends originally? Oh, yeah. Um, Mick and I lived together. And Jesse is right across the street from us. And then Bill lives a few blocks down the hill, and we've known each other for years. We got together before we were on Grinder. So whose idea was it for you to do the Grinder videos? It was uh, originally Ryan's partner, John, the concept of us getting together. And then Ryan, when he was freelancing, started 
thinking about it, and then he joined Grinder. And after he joined Grinder and was looking for content, he thought, well, let's try the old gays. And that's what then kind of happened. And to explain who Ryan is, he's sort of your producer, is that right? He was your friend who kind of said to you guys that you should do this for the first time? Yes. Yeah, mm. he's he's the producer, director, the mother. Right. He's the he's the backbone of the four of us. Got it. He really is. He's he's our star. What did you think when he kind of pitched it to you? Oh, we were game. Yeah. We thought it would be fun and we had no idea that this would be where it is now and mm. we just thought it'd be a fun thing to do. I suppose because really the truth is you were four friends and now you're working together. This is work. You know, it's a, it's about a friendship, but it's work. And I wonder what that feels like and who plays what role. That's what I want to know. What role is played by each person in the group? Who's the peacekeeper? Bob is the organizer that does all of our business kind of things and that. And I look at him as sort of our head. Bob <laughs> really is calm. He's always just in this space, like whatever. So, Bob, you're like Posh Spice, basically. You're Victoria Beckham. Oh. <laughs> well, I got you changed, Victoria. <laughs> I guess you could say that. So who's the troublemaker? Oh, Nick. Mick's the dirty one. Well, given that Mick started talking about Dick within four seconds of us starting, I think I've answered that question. <laughs> well, you brought up the subject, buddy, not me. <laughs> Guilty, guilty as charged. I, I think you need to define trouble. Because <laughs> some people might not think of it as trouble. Yeah, that's true. I love a bit of mischief. But we, we all have our individual characteristics and persona. And I think that's what's so beautiful about our relationship. Because mm. we do bring different perspectives, and different personalities. So, Jesse, where does that leave you in the mix? What would you say you bring to the party? I bring a motherly thing to when people get kind of worked up over things. Interesting. I'm just the calm. I care genuinely about (laughs) about each of them. I'm always thanking them for uh, asking me to be a part of this family because it's, a, it's helped me grow so much. I, I would actually say Jesse is the is the peacekeeper, and he and brings he song to us. <laughs> yes, he does. And Bill, so what would you say your role is? I'm the sassy one. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, he looks like he the has- version that he's not. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me how. Um, because those first grinder videos you did were really funny and it was such a beautiful thing to see a friendship you know like and to see the kind of the clear love between you all that I was really drawn to and I think you know everybody was did you want to do it for fun or did you want to do it for more of a was there any kind of serious heart to it of like wanting to kind of create visibility for older gay men for example Well, initially, I approached it, as I said earlier, for the fun of it. But after the first few videos, when we would read the comments, 
I started feeling that there was something more serious and bigger here than just having <laughs> fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I became kind of overwhelmed by the comments of affection mm-hmm. and respect that we were getting, particularly from younger gays. Mm. Do you think we, as gay people, don't really know how to do the older bit or how to do the visibility of older bit? I think a lot of the young people are afraid of growing old. Mm -hmm. And the comments that we got is, I want them to be my grandpa, or I want this and I want that. And I never thought of myself as really being at 77, being a sexual being, you know, being attractive and all that. But after reading comments, I thought, (laughs) wow, maybe I should get out there. (laughs) well i wanted to ask you actually are are any of you in relationships or any of you dating well they don't know it but i'm on the edge of one (gasps) jesse this this is an exclusive be careful what you say that's right jesse i'm waiting i says i'm on the edge (laughs) don't frighten the guy away now no i had no relationship prospects I do have to tell you that whenever I go on such social network sites, Mm -hmm. I do get quite a few people expressing interest. But for some reason, I just don't follow up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What is that reason? I don't, I think I'm a little scared of the concept of relationship. Mm-hmm. with another person and is that like a casual relationship or any kind of relationship uh, a deep relationship because mm-hmm. i have what might be called a casual relationship with the other old gates because we see each other so <laughs> frequently yeah then also ryan and his partner live just a few houses down and I see them very frequently. I go down to their house and we play cards and stuff and they come up here and swim. Mm. And so there's very much of that. That is very fulfilling to me. What you guys are doing has connected you, I imagine, in a massive way to like the really young gay kids out there right yeah it has um it's been uh, a wonderful surprising journey i i've cried tears of joy uh in knowing uh what we are doing i'm a cry baby so and it's wonderful. <laughs> uh, i claim it but it's i i really get into the heart of everything and as bob says you read these comments and don't realize what effect you're having on young people and people our ages also who are Mm. saying thank you for this you know everybody's still growing until you die yeah you know so so you gotta just keep that positive energy going if you get the negative spot kick it to the side baby and move forward what surprised you most about that younger generation um their love they're loving us. Um, as, as Bob said again, we didn't know what this was going to do, and it's gone crazy. Mm, and well, uh, at yeah. first, it scared me, but now I'm just enjoying the journey. 
and enjoy and sucking in all the love that I'm getting. Yeah. I'm a lover. <laughs> what surprised me the most was the interest that um, our audience has in our own younger lives. Right. Uh, you know, that's I think our highest uh, uh, in terms of viewership uh, surprises me. I think there is a hunger within this young generation when they look at us to see, you know, how we survived. I think I think they they look at, you know, the 20th century and the gay liberation movement in the time uh, that we were growing up as, you know, the dark ages. Mm. And they don't really know that much about it. I mean, like, um, I think there's a series in Britain that was running about the, how AIDS developed in, in the London scene. I mm. forget the name. Of it's it. a sin. It's a sin. That's yeah. right. I think there's a real hunger to understand. And, you know, our generation, you know, um, never thought about growing old. We we kind of looked at, at it as, a, as a, you know, the end of the world after the age of 30. But now this generation, uh, I think there's a hunger to understand what strengths we had to persist and, and to, to be where we are in life. And I think there's a real hunger to understand that. There's no role model, in other words. Well, it's funny you say that because so we interviewed Russell T. Davies, who wrote It's a Sin. And one of the things that he said in his interview that was really fascinating is he said it really gets up his nose that people say, oh, there's this lost generation of older gay men who died because of AIDS. And he said it is not to, you know, I hope I'll get his words right. But he said, look, it's not to undermine that a lot of people died. But I also have to tell you, a lot of people didn't. And they exist. And let's not forget about them, right? Right. Yeah, and exactly. I and I think because of the publication of that, and and in part ours, you know, they're seeing us, you know, you know. I, I think there's a hunger to try and understand. And also, to realize that there, there are young old gays and there are old old gays, mm. and we're we're the young feisty ones, and, and truly blessed to to be here and to have this journey because it makes us younger. Being around all these people too, it really does. Yeah. The good feelings, I, almost every night when I'd go to bed, I would almost describe them as vibrations in my body, waves of just a good feeling that mm -hmm. washes over me. And I, I think that's providing me with energy and strength to keep on going. Interesting and amazing. It's also true, you know, and I, I really credit this younger generation in that they've already gotten it, uh, that, you know, we're part of all, we're all part of something much larger than just us. Mm -hmm. yes. Do you mean as like an LGBTQ plus community? Yes, and, and, and in time, terms of the whole world, you know, um, I was part of the me generation, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I don't think... Uh, I, from what I see, um, the younger generations, uh, the millennials, Generation Zs and all that, that have come now after our uh, births, uh, don't, don't see it that way. I think that COVID helped us a lot because everybody was shut down and these mm. pretty four old gays were out there. And it was, it was neat during that period 
that they would always say, I, I mean, I would read on here, it's like, please take care of our old gays. We need them. You know, and I would remind them this was done before a little earlier. We're not, we're not you know, and um, just the continued love that keeps coming in and filling my soul. Yeah. It's just half the book. And how has it changed your daily life? Bill, how has it changed your daily life? <laughs> It really hasn't changed it that much, except I feel all this support and love that I never thought I would have before. And it, it, it really is a little ego boost and mm-hmm. it, 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 it makes you feel appreciated. I mean, if you're feeling low, just go and open up one of our YouTube things and start reading the comments because the thing they say is, Please preserve these men at all costs. Yeah. And they 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 really, really do love us. And very few negative comments ever come through about us. Mm. But it's given me, I, I have to tell you, it's given me a lot more self-confidence than I've ever had before. Really fascinating. I you know, just, it, I just got back from uh, Puerto Vallarta where I was sitting at dinner. Mm-hmm. And th- I hear this voice behind me call my name, uh, Jesse. And I turn around slowly and look at this lady and she goes, ah, I, I was just sent a video of the old gays today. I just got here and here <laughs> I am in the same room with you. My friend's going to die. And I says, well, let's take a picture and give him a real heart attack. <laughs> you, know, you know, but those those little uh, acknowledgements in public are nice. People say, are you overwhelmed? I go, hell no. Never will I be overwhelmed with good stuff. Yeah. Oh, it's just so lovely. Well, how has it changed your life? Well, um, it's, first of all, just the, the realization uh, that we are role models, and I cherish that, but the biggest change that's really happening now is that we're getting busier and busier. Mm-hmm. And so... You know what that means? You can raise your prices. Yeah. <laughs> from, from, from $1 to $2. I'd go 3 The law of supply and demand. Honestly, man, I, it hasn't really sunken into me yet. Um, I can't get a wrap. I can't wrap my my mind around, you know, 200 million... Um, uh, views and 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 counting it, yeah. it's 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 very hard for, at least for me to understand it and uh i'm an artist and just a few years ago i would spend my whole days with myself and my art yeah and not interacting with anyone and so i have slowly evolved into these interactions that are taking place with vast numbers of people and that's really kind of a mind fuck if you will (laughs) (laughs) you know as well like one of the things my my dad was 50 when he had me so he was always like an old an older dad i remember him saying to me once the thing is christopher you don't ever really feel any older than the age of 21 and you just have to make bigger and bigger decisions. Can you relate to that at all? 
Well, the yeah. body changes things. There's mm. <laughs> a lot more. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> well, you're all looking pretty good on it. Let me tell you. Well, well, you. I was born at 632 in the morning and my mom always looked at the clock and she would see 32. And she always thought of me as being 32 years old. And that's Sweet. I feel like a kid. I don't feel 77. I, mm. I feel like a kid. That's the end of part one of our chat with the TikTok sensation that is the old case. Head over to the feed to get yourself some of part two. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code presson25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Powered by Spirit Studios.